Welcome to Joyful Eating. I'm your host, Jules Clancy, a former food scientist and winemaker turned cookbook author and health coach. I've discovered a simple way to have a joyful relationship with food without sacrificing pleasure or my waistline, and I can help you get there too. Listen on to find out how. Hello, hello, and welcome to uh, Joyful Eating episode lucky number 33, or as my Irishmen say, churty tree. <laughs> so they say they, their tea's funny and um, TH is funny in, in Ireland. So we were always joking about churty tree is his favorite number. <laughs> anyway, so I'm just going to share the best bite that I had. And last night I'm working on a a, like a book of like insanely simple recipes, like the most simple recipes in the world. And so last night was like a Greek bolognese. So bolognese, spaghetti bolognese is such a family favorite, but it can get pretty boring. Um, so this one was just um, beef and tomato passata simmered together. And then I warmed up some canned cannellini beans for the boys. And then my Irishman had some beans and I warmed up some frozen spinach for me. And then we had it with beans or spinach and then meat on top. Then we had olives and uh, I actually tried it with feta and with Greek yogurt. And I actually liked the Greek yogurt on top. So it just added a creaminess and something kind of unexpected to the boring old bolognese. Uh, so that was really, really delicious. Today, we're talking about We Are Naturally Healthy, a manifesto. So our plan is I'm going to talk about what is a manifesto, why I created one, and then I'm actually going to share with you the manifesto that I did create for the Naturally Healthy Club, which is my group coaching program. And then, of course, we'll share a key takeaway of how you can apply this crazy manifesto idea to your life. What is a manifesto? So basically, when I think manifesto, I think um, there's actually an Irish song. There's a band called the Sultans of Ping and they have this song um, called Where's Me Jumper? But anyway, it starts off talking about Karl Marx writing his manifesto in the People's Park. So I, yeah, I always think about that like dust capital idea. <laughs> but really a manifesto is just a, a list of beliefs or a list of ideas or values that you are either living by or or striving to live by. So it, it really, it's kind of like a roadmap. So the reason I wrote, I created, I created a manifesto is because I wanted to have like an actual roadmap to show people how you can go to becoming a naturally healthy person who enjoys food and doesn't struggle with their weight and, you know, has that balance between, really loving food and enjoying food and having a healthy relationship with food. And, you know, also at the same time, also having, feeling good in their bodies and feeling healthy and feeling like they're nurturing themselves. So I wanted to create this roadmap. And basically it's just a list of key thoughts to practice believing and also, but it's also a list of like this key skills that we work on together to become these naturally healthy people who like, you know, just everything flows and we don't struggle with our weight at all. So here is uh, my my manifesto. So there's 13 parts to it. So the first part is you know, we maximize the pleasure of food. So this is so important to me because I have always been a food lover and I think it's one of the biggest things that's missing when we have conversations about food and health is that people just focus on the health part and they forget that food's actually enjoyable and pleasurable. And actually that's a good thing. And we want to encourage that. So that's why it was very intentional. This was the first thing that I wanted people to start working on and is actually giving ourselves permission to really enjoy and maximize the pleasure of food. Because when we do that, it's 
just makes life so much so much nicer, but it actually enables us to be more satisfied with the food that we eat. So when we focus on the quality of the food and really enjoying the experience, that desire to be having more and more and more just melts away. So so yeah, it's really important that you know we don't see it as we either eat for pleasure or we eat for health. Like one of the parts of being a naturally healthy person is that you do both. We have both. We eat for pleasure and we eat for health. And that's just much a much nicer way to live. And the other thing that I think is really important in this idea of maximizing pleasure is that we stop the idea that if you eat certain foods, you won't lose weight. Because that's a message that we've been told time and time again by the diet industry, whether it's like, you know, don't eat fat, don't eat carbs, don't eat sugar, you know, don't eat donuts, whatever, don't eat processed food. And really like that is not true because you can totally eat a croissant and lose weight. It all comes down to the quantity you have and the frequency and the, you know, how that, how that croissant fits into what you're else you're eating. If you're eating three croissants every day, you know, that's very different for someone who has a, you know, a Saturday ritual where they go to their favorite boulangerie and get an amazing croissant and really enjoy that and just have one. (laughs) So I want to get really divorce yourself from the idea that it's, that there needs to be this list of foods that you avoid. It's really about the quantity and the frequency. So how much you eat and how often you eat things. Uh, So then that's number one, maximize the pleasure. Number two is actually, I combine these two together. So number two is we are naturally healthy. And then number three is we stay at our ideal weight with ease. And this is really helping people develop a new self-concept. And and this is, so it's all about like the key to sustainable change is actually changing the way we see ourselves. And so by telling ourselves we are naturally healthy, by telling ourselves we stay at our ideal weight with ease, even if that's not how we feel in the in the moment, it's reminding us of where we want to get to and helping us change that how we see, see ourselves. So then number four is we stop when we've had enough. And this skill is just one of the most important things that I can teach anyone. And it was really when I learned this skill, it really changed everything for me. Like being able to tune into your body and just listen to what it needs and recognize your satiety, your, you know, your internal satiety signals. And then also so learning to actually stop when you've had enough because often you know we we know when we're full that we keep eating so that skill is is so important and it's actually surprisingly easy to learn when you know how so that that number four stop when we had enough and I think that's one of the key skills that we focus on when when I do work with people is helping to unlearn like learn to really stop micromanaging with your brain and stop trying to like count calories and be thinking about what you should be eating and actually just tune into your body and and just let your body guide you. Then number five is we plan and enjoy proper meals. And the reason for this, there's a couple of reasons for this. One, the planning part is when you decide in advance, then you're able to use the most advanced part of your brain, so the prefrontal cortex. And that helps you make better decisions in terms of what you eat. Because if you wait until the end, if you think about it, like just in the morning when you think about 
if you make your decisions about what you're going to eat in the morning, you're making very different decisions than if you wait until it's the end of the day and you're like, I had a tough day and you're coming home from work and you're like, uh, <laughs> in the moment. Um, so we plan so that we can use the best part of our brain to make decisions. And also the great thing about planning is that then you get to have that anticipation and, you know, with food and pleasure, like anticipation can be just as good, if not, like definitely it's a, it's a huge part of the pleasure. And so by planning and deciding, okay, well, actually on Saturday, I'm, I'm going to have that croissant. You get to enjoy the croissant on Saturday, but you also get to enjoy the anticipation of the croissant as well. And it's really, really fun. Like I made a cake on the weekend for my, my dad and my lunch, sister came over for lunch. And so I made this like beautiful um, cherry and ricotta crumble cake. But I, I got just as much enjoyment imagining the cake and thinking about the cake and anticipating the cake as I did when we were actually sitting down and eating it. Like it was really fun to, to just observe that in myself. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm a huge proponent of planning and, and thinking about things in advance. And it doesn't have to be this big, complicated thing. And I actually have a simple exercise that I get people to do in the Naturally Healthy Club that helps with that. So the second part of this is we plan and enjoy proper meals. And the thing is that we want to focus on like having meals rather than like grazing constantly, because when you're always in grazing, you're always in digesting mode, like you're always in food storage mode and you're not actually able to access these food stores that you already have. So by having meals and having spaces where we're, we're eating and we're focused on eating and then we um, you know, we have spaces where we're not eating, that's how our bodies were designed. It just, it makes it so much easier to not overeat. Whereas if you're constantly grazing and snacking and putting more and more fuel into your body, it does make it harder to recognize when you've had enough and to to stop. And the other reason for I encourage people to eat proper meals rather than grazing is that if you have a meal, you're more likely to take this some time and effort in preparing it. So the quality and the enjoyment that you get from a meal it tends to be much better than just grabbing random snacks. So that's number five. Number six is we manage our self-talk. And so this is like a quite a deep, big, big topic on its own. Um, but really the, it comes down to, you know, if we want to change any of our behaviors, we have to look at, at the thoughts that are, we're having about that behavior. Because how it works is we have thoughts and they um, create emotions in our bodies. And then, then we take action based on how we're feeling. And so if we want to change any result that we're getting or any actions that we're taking, we need to like wind it back and look at what are the thoughts that we're thinking. And so this manifesto is one way to change our thoughts, but we also, you know, we, it, also being intentional about the, that self-talk is really important. So, you know, there's that little, you know, constant chatter that's in your brain. It, it makes a really big difference. And I actually think I do have a podcast episode, a previous podcast episode on on managing your self-talk. Yeah, number eight, the power of self-talk. So if you want, want to go deeper on that, definitely check that out. Okay, then number seven is we trust our internal nutrition compass. And this one I'm so passionate about because you know, so many of us, you know, we're looking to outside diets and we're looking to the experts to guide us on what we should be eating and how much and all those things. And we 
giving away our power and really like we are all different and we do have, you know, our unique quirks of biochemistry and all those different things. And that's one of the reasons why nutrition is so confusing is that it's not a one size fits all thing where, you know, everyone does best with this, these types of foods. Yeah, there, there are some commonalities, but we are all different. And, you know, some, some people have gluten sensitivities or depending on your gut microflora, like it's like, there's so many factors that go into, to what, constitutes you know the best nutrition for you and rather than like looking onto the outside I teach people how to like just tune into their internal nutrition compass and learn to trust themselves and trust their body and start paying attention to how different foods make them feel both in the moment and afterwards and the really cool part about this is like when you're internally driven and you're driven by how things are going to make you feel, it's so much easier to make the decisions that are best for you because, yeah, you can follow someone else's rules for a while, but then you, most of us, like we get sick of it or you like, you want to rebel or it doesn't really work for you, like for the long term. Whereas when you're being internally guided, like you're so motivated because of course you want to keep eating that way because you, you know that that's how you feel best. So it's a really fun way to approach nutrition. Um, and that's how I've done it myself. But I guess like I've had that nutrition training from my food science degree and when I studied my um, my health coaching certificate. So I had that basic literacy and I can actually teach you that as well of, you know, the, the key things so that you're not going to miss out on anything, but so that you, and also so that you can learn to trust yourself. Okay. Number eight, my lucky number is we prioritize protein. And I don't really like talking about, you know, different macronutrients. I don't think that's really helpful because we eat food. However, at the moment, you know, in the world, there's so much in the media and like this modern narrative about how we should all be eating plant-based and, you know, that's going to save the planet. And like, I'm totally not a, a sustain, an ecology expert. However, I, I do know that protein is really important. And I think I myself had started, you know, kind of even unintentionally cutting back on the my protein intake and you know my hair started falling out it was awful I did a, an episode on that um, and so I just had started experimenting with increasing protein to help with the hair loss and it did but it, it helped with everything as well so I think I've included this in the manifesto just because I think people are naturally cutting back on their protein and to to their detriment and it's interesting like the Australian government, uh, is actually, as we age, our protein requirement increases. And so there's actually like a different government recommendation for protein for uh, people over 75 as there is for the younger people. And the government's actually, Australian government's actually looking at reviewing their recommendations for protein at the moment and increasing them. So I think be aware. And the thing is like, you don't have to go crazy and I'm not suggesting anyone go carnivore and only eat meat. But I, I think it is important to make sure that our bodies are getting enough protein. Okay. And then number nine is we weigh ourselves every day or we have some other way to track our progress. And I have suggestions for that when for people that do join the Naturally Healthy Club. And if you have hesitations about weighing yourself every day, I actually did a whole episode on this in number 12. And so you can go back and check out that episode and that'll explain you know, my rationale behind, behind that. Okay. And then number 10 is we handle our emotions without food. And some people struggle with this more than others, but I think all people, like we all have some degree of emotional eating where we're using food or alcohol to buffer and to 
instead of feeling our emotions. And basically, so what we do is instead is just learning to soothe ourselves and learning to feel our feelings instead of eating them and learning to soothe soothe ourselves in other ways that don't have the net negative impact that, you know, soothing with food or alcohol does. And another key piece of this whole emotional eating is um, learning self-compassion. Uh, then number 11 is we love failing and learning. And this is really important because you know, it's funny as adults, we kind of, you know, when we're kids, we're happy to like just get in there and try things and fail. But when we're adults, we, we want to get it right. And we actually have a fear of, um, fear of failing. And so we, that, and this, this manifests as like all or nothing thinking of like, you know, we're the hundred percent on or hundred percent off or perfectionism. And so the antidote to both of those is just, you know, embracing the whole process and seeing it as a journey and seeing it as a new skill that you're learning and also anticipating that, yeah, of course, there's going to be times where you try stuff and, and you fail and that's fun. Like that's part of it. And just normalizing that and expecting it and seeing it as part of the journey rather than seeing it as a reason, failing as a reason to to go into that mindset of, you know, I'm never going to, this is never going to change. I'm never going to work, you know, and quitting. Uh, then number 12 is we trust ourselves. Uh, and so this is a big one for, for some people, not so much for others, but just learning to be kind to yourself and learning to take care of yourself without overindulging and learning to, yeah, just really have your own back is, is, is a big thing. And then also you know, building that skill of being able to, to make decisions that are, that are good for you and actually stick to them in, when it, in the moment. And you know, everything that we do compounds and works together to help build that self-trust over time. And then the last one in our manifesto is it's a bit of a joke is that we don't talk about naturally healthy clubs. So that was a, a reference to Fight Club. The movie um, came out years ago with Brad Pitt. And in that, the first rule of Fight Club is that we don't talk about Fight Club. And then the second rule with Fight Club is that we don't talk about Fight Club. Um, so I was just having a joke there and just a good excuse to get everyone to think about Brad Pitt for a little bit. Um, anyway, so that is our manifesto. So I'll, I'll go through them again. So the first one is we maximize the pleasure of food. Second is we're naturally healthy. Third is we stay at our ideal weight with ease. Fourth is we stop when we've had enough. Fifth is we plan and enjoy proper meals. Sixth is we manage our self-talk. Seven is we trust our internal nutrition compass. Number eight is we prioritize protein. Number nine is we weigh ourselves every day or track our progress in another way. Number 10 is we handle emotions without food. Number 11 is we love failing and learning. Number 12 is we trust ourselves. And number 13 is we don't talk about Naturally Healthy Club. Except here I am talking about it and giving you a whole podcast episode on it. Anyway, you know, it's meant to be a joke. So the key takeaway for today is if any of this resonated with you and you'd like some help to follow this roadmap, then you're welcome to join me in the Naturally Healthy Club. So it's my six-month group coaching program, which gives you a personalized, simple, doable process to change your relationship with food. So you become someone who's naturally healthy. So you become someone who enjoys eating well automatically, uh, but you're not thinking about food all day and also someone who feels good in their clothes. So you have this, you have that the health and the the pleasure. So we, for the Naturally Healthy Club, we enroll twice a year. And for more details and to see the invitation page, just Google Stone Soup and it will come up, take you to my blog. And when you go there, just click on the coaching tab and that will give you all the details. So have a beautiful week and I will catch you next time. Bye. 
Before you go, this is the best part. So if you enjoyed Joyful Eating, subscribe to the podcast. And I'd love to send you a copy of my free cookbook called Six Ingredients, 20 Minutes, Simple Whole Foods for Joyful Weeknight Dinners. It's full of easy recipes, so delicious they'll satisfy even the biggest food snob. Just Google Stone Soup and you'll find it.